gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Let's get ready to rumble! Here we go, baby! Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show! Oh my God! I'm your host, Johnny K. Can you feel it? It's in the air, baby. Oh. Here we go, baby. There's a big episode today. Get on your feet. Nah, sit down. Or do whatever you're doing. All right, let's get this party started, baby. Unbelievable. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. I swear... This is a massive episode. I've said that many times in the last 190 some episodes we've done. And every single time it's been truthful, but you still got peasants asleep at the wheel, not knowing what's going on. And this is massive. This was supposed to come out days ago, but we had a long weekend. We celebrated happy Memorial day, happy Tuesday to everybody around the world. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Hope everything's phenomenal. This is big. This is huge. This is, I'm telling you right now, if you do not hold your socks, they are going to blow off. All right. So you may have seen this. You may not have seen this, but we've played an episode before with Dr. David Martin. All right. Dr. David Martin is extremely knowledgeable with like biotech patents. And you won't find this video on YouTube. Obviously, you can find it on Twitter at KOGZ. You could watch this on Rumble or obviously you can just listen to the pod. Um, so uh, it was retweeted from Kim.com. And that's the one I'm going to play. This is, he said, this is the most important video you will watch this year. Millions were killed with COVID-19 for profit. Quote, this is a quote from what you're going to hear. I'm going to play the entire video because you need to hear every single word. Quote, COVID-19 was an act of biological warfare perpetrated on the human race. It was a financial heist. Nature was hijacked. Science was hijacked. Remember, trust the science follow the science. Well, that's what we're doing. We're following it and we are trusting and we're going to wherever it leads. But before I get into that, I just want to cover one quick topic because as this truth keeps coming out and it's coming out faster and faster and faster, they are going to try and put a lid on it. They are going to try and stop the truth. They're trying to do it in the name of misinformation and disinformation. And before this can get out to the masses, they are going to do everything. And by them, I mean the establishment everything in their power to prevent it. This is from the BBC two days ago. Twitter pulls out a voluntary EU disinformation code. Twitter has pulled out of the European Union's voluntary code to fight disinformation, the EU said. Terry Bren, who is the EU's internal market commissioner, announced the news on Twitter, but warned the firm new laws would force compliance. Remember BlackRock, you could force compliance. Listen to this quote from the EU's. This is the person who's ahead of this. Why do they have to force you to do this? Ready? Quote, obligations remain. You can run, but you can't hide, he said. Twitter will be legally required to fight disinformation, which means anything, anything that goes against the establishment narrative, in the EU from the 25th of August, he said, adding, our teams will be ready for enforcement. Twitter has not confirmed its stance on the code or responded to a request for comment. Dozens of tech firms, both big and small, are signed up to the EU's disinformation code, including Meta, obviously, which owns Facebook and Instagram, as well as TikTok, Google, Microsoft, and Twitch. 
The code was launched in June last year and aims to prevent profiteering from disinformation and fake news, as well as increasing transparency and curbing the spread of bots and fake accounts. We'll stop there. This is from the BBC. Don't forget. Don't forget. They just came out with, uh, was it BBC Verify? Where they are going to combat disinformation, misinformation. Who have been the biggest perpetrators of misinformation, disinformation, if you want to use those bullshit words, it's been the mainstream media. All they have done is, and I'm going to prove this right now with this video, all they've done is lied to you and told you to do things that you might not have wanted to do to yourself in the name of science, in the name of trust old people with gray hair telling you what to do. Terrible. Okay. You can discern truth and, untru and untruths. You could decide to take whatever information you want and you could decipher. You don't need the government to choose the ministry of truth and tell you what is true and not true. This is Newspeak. This is 1984. Okay. It's not supposed to be a blueprint. It was in fact a warning and he was right. So I want to get right into the video. This is unbelievable. I'm going to play the entire thing. I'm not going to take a second off of it. I want you to listen to this with an open heart and open mind and please share this with anybody you can because we need to spread the word out before you can't share any information that is against the establishment narrative, BBC Verify, whatever, Klaus Schwab, WEF, Bill Gates, all of them want you to have, okay? We can't get to that point and we are months away from never being able to tell the truth and that's why the John the Kogan show is important because we go against the grain we tell the truth and nothing but the truth because we care about the peasants that's it that's all we do by the way this video has gotten just off kim.com's account 23.4 million views on this clip that's incredible like that's great so cool you could see that now all right here we go we're going to watch the whole thing this is in the EU this is i believe this is in Brussels Dr. David Martin, uh, by the way, you can go listen to a previous podcast I did with Dr. David Martin, who exposed a lot. Uh, he's probably the most knowledgeable guy on this. This is so well-spoken. This is unbelievable. Please make sure you can hear this. This is unbelievable. Let's get started. All right. It's a panel, ECR group, and they're about to get started here. This is unbelievable. It is a, it is. Hold on. Let's make sure that we can get this going without too much buffering. So hold on one second. Let's see what we can do here. I mean, this is unbelievable. Hmm. Let's see what we can do. Let's make it smaller particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today, given that over a decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. Let's see. The question is, can this stream okay? Hold on. I'm going to reload it and we're going to see what we can do here. All right. This is so important and I don't want it to get messed up or anything. So decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European. Hmm. This is um, in union parliament. And all right. So I think what we're going to do is 
We're going to hold on for a second. At that time, I warned the world of what was coming. Okay. What we're going to do is in real time, because sometimes we have these difficulties, you know what I mean? We're going to look up Dr. David Martin, because you can find this on Rumble, I'm sure. And um, let's see what we could do here. So this is probably going to work. Oh, here we go. This is great. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually share this from Rumble because Rumble has much better streaming. And we're going to start this fresh. I appreciate your patience. And we're going to start it from the beginning. Here we go. Dr. David Martin, unbelievable speech. Let's take it away. It is a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting given that over a decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time, I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, during that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union's uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But, but the so fact that it seems to be no matter where you get the video, it's going to be a little choppy. And I, I, I understand that's annoying. And it's a little frustrating to me as well, because I want you just to hear it for what it is. Um, let's see what we can do here. Maybe let's try and make it a little smaller. Here we go. The matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually, once again, come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation, which is now front and center in people's minds. So when this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about. So I'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity. I thank the members of parliament for hosting this. I thank all of the translators who I apologize in advance. I will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate. So my apologies. And I'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this, in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife, Kim Martin, who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was, in fact, her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say.
Ironically, the world that I came from that used to be very popular, my CNBC and Bloomberg presentations, which were televised on mainstream media around the world, was an audience that I lost. I, I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame. But I can also confidently say that I'd rather stand among the people with whom I'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world. So this is a much better place to be. My role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context, because this did not come in the last three years. This did not come in the last five or six years. This actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in Europe in the early stages of the mid 1900s, but certainly by 1913, 1914, this conversation started. Pandemic that we alleged to have happen in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very time with one of these things. Oh, there we go. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date. 1966. I hope the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. 
Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 
For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual, but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work patented at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by, by a year. <gasps> Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. I mean, do you understand what he's saying? How big of a deal this is? This is what we've been saying on this pod for so long and been ridiculed for. Ridiculed. It's unbelievable. So let's get back to it. Unbelievable. There's a little bit more. And in 2003, giant surprise, the CDC filed the patent on coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm very, very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the Patent Office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR, which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus, was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the European Union-sponsored events in 2002 and 2003, 20 years ago. That happened here in Brussels and across Europe. 
In 2005, this particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent, its official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to, but we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side -side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium, the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts to do gain-of-function research. Conveniently, in the fall of 2014, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received a letter from NIAID saying that while the gain-of-function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended, because their grants had already been funded, they received an exemption. Did you hear what I just said? A biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill received an exemption exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016, we could publish the, the journal that said, SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence in 2016. And what, you might ask, Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was WIV1. Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1. Poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community there is going to be an accidental or intentional of a respiratory pathogen. The operative word, obviously, in that phrase, the word release. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a went into a bar market and hung out and had sex and, and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen.
as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. If you have not done so, please make sure that you make reference in every investigation to the premeditation nature of this, because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody advance. Let's, let's read this because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold, it is often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health? Sounds like the best of humanity. No, ladies and gentlemen, this was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015, published in front of them. This is an, this is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race, and it was admitted to in writing as a financial heist and a financial fraud. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science, we had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus, not once, not once, not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost as we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow. I know that was choppy, but did you hear that? What, are you, what am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to give commentary on it? That was commentary on the commentary. There it is.
You could deny reality, put your head in the soil, and pretend like none of this is true, but that doesn't make it not true. The truth is the truth is the truth, and it just is. And our job on this pod is to tell you the truth. And that is why I'm sharing that. I know it was choppy. I know it wasn't the best listening experience, but you heard the data if you made it to this point. You heard the information you had to hear. Share it. Share it. This is stuff we need to share before they put in the controls of the disinformation and the misinformation. They're closing in. We are months away from being closed in on. We're the only information you're going to get are from the same people who were part of this financial heist. Those are the same people behind these mainstream fact-checking corporations. Okay, these are the same people who pay the mainstream media to give them favorable coverage. The same people behind this heist, this hoax, are the same people behind the media channels they only want you to listen to. Why do you think that is? Perhaps there's another one coming. We've been warned. I've shared it on the pod before. They put it in writing. They share it in videos. They're not shy about it. They put it in your face and they basically say, peasant, you can't do anything about it. So we're just going to rub it in your face. Smell it. Well, we aren't going to do it. We are going to wake up and smell the coffee instead. And we're going to wake up everybody. We're going to share the truth worldwide. You're going to share this with three people and we are going to take the truth mainstream. We're going to make truth great again on this pod. That's what we're going to do. Okay. You and I together can overcome this tyranny, this premeditated biological warfare, this, these illegal acts against humanity. I don't know about you, but are you on team human? I am. And I know you are because you listen to the pod. We must protect each other. We must come together now. There's no other time in history where we need to join forces. This is it. Put the other differences aside. It doesn't matter. There's much bigger fish to fry, as they say in the South. No, they say that everywhere, but whatever. We need to take our world back. Okay? We need to come together. So all I ask is to share. That's it. I have nothing else to say. This is groundbreaking. It speaks for itself. Thank you for listening to the Jonathan Kogan show. It means the world. And, um, you know, I don't know how to end this. It's just, it, it's heartbreaking. It's, uh, scary. It's, um, it's like mind boggling. It's hard to comprehend. It's just like nuts. It's, it's amazing to, to know. It's amazing to believe that this is real life. It almost seems like a movie. Uh, maybe we are in a simulation, but you know, we don't have the evidence. So I don't know, but, uh, awfully strange behavior going on and we must put an end to it now. Okay. It's been three years. It's, it's, we're going on four. Enough is enough. The elites need to be put in their place. The peasants need to run the world. Now they had their chance. The elites had their chance and they blew it. Okay. They blew it. You can't perpetrate warfare on humanity and then just keep having control of humanity. That's not cool. Okay, peasants don't do biological warfare against one another. The elites do. So it's time for us to come together and it's time for us to sit in the truth and make a better world. That's all I got for you today. Please subscribe to the John of the Kogan Show wherever you get your podcast. You can watch us on Rumble. Um, you're not going to be able to watch it on YouTube, but you could subscribe to the YouTube channel and I'll have this on Twitter at KOGZ. God bless.